Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of two college athletes. He has a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 339 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This is part two of an interview with Amy Sappington. Amy is a high school math teacher and an ACT prep tutor outside the classroom. Last episode, episode 338, was part one, and Amy gave you her background, why she got into ACT tutoring and strategies, what the basics are of the ACT test, what classes you should take in high school, and when a high school student should take the ACT test. This episode, part two, will get into how Amy preps students for the ACT, how the regular scoring and the super scoring works. And just because you take an ACT prep class, you must practice, 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 just like in sports. Here we go. Amy, tell the Recruit Me families about who, about you and your family and your job and your background. Uh, this is my 23rd year in education. I teach at a Ozark High School, which is a school that has around 1,800 students, grade 9th or 12. Um, I've taught uh, classes from ninth grade, algebra one, all the way up through pre-calculus. But uh, this is my fifth year to teach the ACT prep cl- class here at the high school. And on, in that class, I, I mainly focus on math and science. Right now, I teach algebra two and honors algebra two. My family, my husband's an educator. He was elementary principal for years, and now he works as a, a curriculum director for the elementary I have two kids, uh, one that is a senior at Missouri State. He's getting a a degree in corporate finance, and the other is a medical student. She's in med school. And so that's really kind of how I got started in ACT tutoring. My daughter was starting uh, to apply for scholarships and wanting to get into an accelerated medical program. And so she started looking at how you could study and really overcome and kind of almost beat the ACT by uh, doing different strategies on the different tests. And so once she started doing that, I thought, hey, there's a a good market for this. And kids really, even the smart kids don't know how to take this test. And so that's kind of how I really got interested and almost kind of obsessed with, you know, trying to teach kids how to, to beat the ACT. Amy, kind of go over how you prepare high school students for the test for, for your math and your, and your science. You kind of talked about reading, obviously. For the math, you know, we do, when I work with a student and when I teach the ACT prep class, we have drills. Uh, whenever a student takes the math portion of the ACT, they can get their results back and it breaks it into subcategories. So I'll look at the subcategories with students and say, okay, you need uh, help with geometry and probability. And so we'll do some different drills and practice problems on those types of problems. And then I'll take old ACTs and they'll take them home, time themselves under the same conditions, and then come back and we'll, we'll work the ones they missed together. With science, it's the same thing. You know, there's seven passages they have 35 minutes to read those passages and, and answer 40 questions. It's not much time. So if they've practiced a test and they actually understand what their pacing needs to be, then then they have a lot more endurance. I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, you asked about the, the test. When the student goes in to take the test, the first test they take is English, and they have 45 minutes to answer 75 questions. You know, that's pretty fast and furious. 
And it's over things like knowing commas and grammar and things like that. Then they take the math test and it's 60 minutes for 60 questions. So, and in that test, the questions start off easy and get harder as they get down to number 60. So there's all kinds of strategies that kids can practice based on what the score, what score they want. Reading is 40 questions with 35 minutes and science is also 40 questions with 35 minutes. So by the time they've, you know, taken three and a half hours or so worth of tests, they're, they're pretty well shot. Yeah, it's draining. I remember, uh, I remember taking it, and I think I uh, tried to go back to work that after I took it, and that, that didn't work very well on that on that Saturday no. afternoon. I was, I was, my no. mind was kind of blown. <laughs> yeah, you're you're just mentally exhausted, and adults and kids today both. You know, we're used to doing something for a little bit and then changing directions, going back and forth. And so kids aren't used to sitting for four hours straight and and taking a test, and so it's it's pretty draining. I do want to talk about scoring also, you know, here a few years back, and it may have been Sutton's senior year, maybe it was his junior year, they they started super scoring the ACT. And uh, just want to talk a little bit about what that is. You know, people got really excited when they heard the ACT was going to super score. What the super score does is you get a math score reading English science when you go take it, let's say in December. If you take it in February and one of those tests scores increases, then you get to keep the top score from the last one and include it with the top score of this one. So if I take the ACT four times, I get to pick my best English, my best science, my best math, and my best reading and average those four together. So that kind of changed the game just a little bit. Some college has have always super scored. Some colleges still don't take the super score. So even though ACT will assign you a super score, an individual college could say, we don't want the super score. We want to see what a student can do when they sit down and take all four tests at the same time. Do you think I explained that all right? Yeah. yeah. And actually it's, uh, I think it actually started with Parker a little bit because I remember Russ talking about a a super score with him a a little bit. And then. uh, Yeah, I couldn't remember exactly. And, you know. A lot of the like the Ivy League schools and some of the more of the coastal schools, they would take the super score. But again, Midwest, you know, a lot of them didn't. And so it's really each individual college decides if they want to look at your super score or your 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 normal score. Well, and I don't know that if you knew this, but uh, Sutton took his test, uh, I think his junior year because they had, you know, we had all the COVID stuff. Uh-huh. And then uh, he took it his junior year, was very stressed about it, was yeah. mad for what, a week and a half or two weeks because he thought he had really blown it and ended up getting, I right. think, a 24 or something on it. And yeah, so he was great. He was tickled to death. And then um, we prepared to take it again. And uh, as as he prepared, he also ended up getting recruited at Columbia College. And we sat down with them and found out that they didn't do anything with ACTs. They took uh, high school GPA. That's That's what his scholarship was based on he went ahead and took it because he had prepared for it and i don't know if it helped him on some classes but go ahead and get ready to take it early and then as you and as you do your research on your colleges you might find out that you don't don't need it or you might find out that's the most important thing that you uh, need to get in or to uh, also um, get uh, classes taken away or get scholarship money exactly Uh, there might uh, be some advantage yeah plus you got to learn how to take a test. I mean, absolutely. That's, that's part of uh, growing up. Sorry, kids. That's yep, part of, that's I agree. Part of it. So, and you're going to take a lot of things in life that are going to be worse than this ACT. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Amy, uh, I, I kind of had a question and we've kind of answered, uh, some of these things, but, uh, Talk a little bit again or reiterate about the classes that uh, you might take in high school to prepare for the ACT and, and who do you talk to about uh, taking pre-ACTs and pre-test in your high school? I would say as you're setting up your schedule to get ready for the ACT, you're taking your, your basic course, you know, the same things you would take just for pre-admittance into just your freshman year of college. You know, as far as math goes, you want to make sure you have algebra, geometry, algebra two. In science, you know, in in Missouri anyway, you take physical science and biology, and then you get a choice on what to take after that. I would take chemistry and physics because I know this last test that was given in December, there were two physics sections on there um, and one that was more like anatomy, biology. So I would take physical science, biology, chemistry, physics, and then all your required English classes. And if, if your school offers anything like word study, or some kind of class, creative writing, anything just so that you're staying active. Um, I've worked with kids, this kind of little sidetrack, but I work with kids, you know, all school year and on ACT prep, they'll take it in April. They take time off. They take it again in July or the following October and their score goes down. So you really want to make sure that you're taking the test while your brain is still thinking academically. You don't want to take time off. I tell the kids in my ACT prep class, you know, if you're in this class first semester, you better take the December ACT because that's when you're going to be best prepared. If you do nothing between December and April, your April score isn't going to be very good. So you have to take it while your brain is is active and ready to go. I can't remember what you your second and third question were there. Like, like who, do you, them. Who, do you, who do you talk to uh, maybe to okay. get set up in your pre-ACT or your practice ACT test? Yeah. So I would say go to your high school counseling office. I mean, that's really where we have all of our resources. We have practice booklets in the counseling office. Ozark actually has a program on the computer called Naviance that has a free ACT uh, prep um, app on it. So that's free to all students. To sign up for the ACT, that's just act.org, and they can give you ideas of books and things that you can practice. I don't know that we offer the pre-ACT, like sit down, get timed, and all of that, but we do have the pre-ACT booklets, and that's also the counseling office is where you would go, and you know, if you have any kind of um, free and reduced lunch or qualify for any special aid, you can get vouchers to take the ACT for free. This is much like Recruit Me, where we try to give as many free and inexpensive resources to uh, reduce not only your money output, but but your time and your stress and anxiety. So what you do is very similar to what we do. So, yeah, I mean, going in with a plan and a strategy is going to reduce all the stress. You know, we just did in this new semester, I started a new ACT prep class. You know, one girl says, hey, I didn't have time to finish the test. What do I do? And so it's perfect to learn that during ACT prep class, not while she's actually taking the test and realizing I need to go faster, you know? So it's all about, you know, reducing the anxiety, the stress, and just prepping yourself to be ready. And that's one thing I mentioned Sutton kind of, he came back mad because he thought he had done not very good the first time he took it and because he didn't uh-huh. finish something, some of the uh, sections and that's what stressed him. It wasn't actually the questions. It was that he didn't get through it. But I think as you guys got back to uh, working together, then he could go into the second time and uh, know what he needed to work on and know what he needed to do to, uh, to at least get through it. I think it makes kids feel better when they get through yeah. the, through the process. And Sutton, you know, he was very smart, but he was a very thorough student. Like he wanted to think for a minute 
he wanted to write everything down. And sometimes you just don't have time for that. And so when they practice having to pace themselves, they realize, hey, I know the answer to this. I don't have to write the number down. I can just circle my answer choice or, you know, we even practice strategies for kids today aren't used to taking a standardized test where they have to bubble an answer sheet with pencil. That sounds foreign to us, right? They're used to, you know, typing things in on a computer. So just the practice of working a problem out in the test booklet and bubbling the answer sheet, that takes practice for some of them because they, they don't have practice doing that. The bells rang a couple times and you probably have uh, stuff to do. So is there anything that we maybe missed that you, that you wanted to kind of pass along to the recruit me families? Practice what, how you want to perform. If you want to speed up, you got to practice your pacing. If you want to practice your accuracy, you've got to practice some content. It really does parallel to the sports world perfectly, you know, practice the way you want to perform and, and you will, you know, I see kids increase a point or two every single time they take the test if they're practicing. No no kid wants to hear it, <laughs> but practice, practice, practice. That's how you get better. So uh, we have local people that listen to the podcast and we have people nationwide. So this may not help too many people nationwide to give uh, you uh-huh. your contact information, but would you want to give your contact information if anybody locally wanted to get with you for your tutoring? I can, you could email me through the school. My address is um, Amy Sappington, A-M-Y-S-A-P-P-I-N-G-T-O-N at ozarktigers.org. I do, I do lots. I think this week I've tutored 10 kids outside of my normal workday. I have a hard time saying no (laughs) because uh, I really want to, I want to see them get better. This last ACT, I had two parents text me and say, hey, because of the tutoring, they got into the college they want, or they got $3,000 more in scholarship, or tutored a private school a student. She went up six points. She's there. She just needed to practice the strategies. So to me, that's super fun. People that are into sports want to get a full ride athletic scholarship. And, and we've talked a lot that they are few and far between. Absolutely. This is your best return on investment right here is, is your academics and your, and, and, and your ACT testing can be one of your best return on, on investments. I think is the test, what, $120? I think it's still just $60. $60. Okay. Yeah. I think it's $60, 60 or 65. And then there's four times a year that you can, for an additional $20, $25, you can purchase your test booklet with your answers and the correct answers. So you can kind of see what you missed and things like that. I always suggest for kids to do that if they can. Real quickly, how many tests are there? Do they, how, how, how do they rotate them? October, December, April, February, June, and July. So it's offered six times offered a year. Six times. But they don't, yeah, they don't do the same test every time, right? Nope. The February test, which I think is interesting. If a student in Missouri takes a test, It'll be the same test as a student in Florida. And the way that the scale score is done is they look at how everybody that took the test on that national test day performed, and they base the scale score off of that score. So let's say on the math, you get 40 questions right in December, and that's a 28. Well, the next month, you may get 40 questions right, and it could be a 30, because the people that took the test that month didn't score as well as you did. So I don't know if that kind of makes sense, but it's scaled based off of performance nationwide. Well, that's good to know. And just one of those things that uh, is kind of nice to know in the back of your head in case you thought you did really, really well and your score didn't go up a whole lot or vice versa. Right. Yeah. And I'll have kids that come to me and say, I thought the test was easy and everybody else thought it was hard and say, that's good. That means your score is going to be better than you think. 
Well, we'll let you get back to uh, your uh, your classes, and uh, we appreciate it. And and and, and um, I know if if people have any questions, I'll try to pass those along to you. Maybe we can get with you uh, down the road to answer more ACT testing questions. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Amy, bro. Thank you. Thank you to Amy for two great episodes about ACT testing. Both episodes, numbers 338 and 339, were loaded with helpful ACT testing information. Go to recruit-me.com to listen to past episodes covering topics like What do you do your freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior years of high school? Steps of recruiting and interviews with coaches, athletes, and parents of recruits. Also, by going on to recruit-me.com, you can get the free recruiting power pack, or you can sign up for the free monthly Recruit Me newsletter. Also, you can get the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System manual, workbook, and worksheets for only $39. The Recruiting 3.0 gives you the comprehensive steps to get you that athletic scholarship. Join me next Tuesday for the ABCs of Recruiting. Get the 26 helpful recruiting tidbits guided by the letters of the alphabet. See you next week on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast.